tons. That's how much that weighs. It'd be uh, $4.5 billion. This man would not forgive a dollar when he owed $4.5 billion to the king. I don't know about the rest of you, but that's the debt load that I had to the Lord. I had 375 tons of debt when it comes to stuff nobody knew about, but the Lord knew about it. But ain't nobody owed me that much. Nobody's been in debt that much to me. I want to tell you, anything I've had to forgive because of the Lord in my anything that I needed or even had to forgive it pales in comparison to what the Lord took off of me I mean think about it well somebody just said this or did that or they ignored this or they they offended me by this you know what the Lord forgave me of was so much greater I'm thankful for what the Lord's done in my life. Now, who am I to deny that privilege to anyone else? Maybe this is why Jesus said that in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others their trespasses. I don't know if you see the connection there. It's as I forgive others, I receive forgiveness. It's a, it's a New Testament principle. The verses we studied in that uh, had three major points, and let me just mention them quickly. The unforgiving servant is turned over to torture. The the king said, oh, I heard what you did, that man that owed you a dollar. I heard what you did to him. And because of what you did to him, now you're back to owing me the $4.5 that I forgave. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn you over to the tormentors until you pay it back. And then Jesus said, so will your heavenly father do to anyone who does not forgive their brother. Wow. He said, you'll be in torment and you'll still owe me the $4.5 billion. Listen, how, much, how many times have we prayed for peace, prayed against fear, prayed against torment? We walked around our house rebuking the devil. We had somebody come over and get oil and put it over the doorpost. There's not anything wrong with those things. But maybe the torment is not from the devil. Maybe your fear and anxiety is not the enemy at all. Maybe Jesus said, the parable, the king said, you're going back to the tormentors until you pay your original debt. Man, I don't know about you, but I don't have enough time to be tormented. My time's running out. Who was it I told the other day? Somebody. Who was it? I don't know, but I remember telling them. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I'm thinking it was Sister Becky, but I'm not sure it was Sister Becky. I ain't got time for that. I'm not sure what it was. I'm trying to think now. Bear with me, I've got ADD. I'm off on this rabbit trail and I see it in the distance and I think I can catch it. Speaking of Sister Becky, these Christmas decorations and the ones in the other building, Sister Carol Woodward and, and Brother Mike. I drove up and Brother Mike was hanging wreaths and doing all. Well, thank you, Brother Mike, Sister Becky, and Sister Carol. Somebody say amen. Let's talk about the gift of forgiveness. I don't think 
It's a coincidence that forgive contains the word give. One of the most giving things you can ever do is forgive people who have wronged you. It's not an easy gift, but then again, the very nature of giving involves sacrifice, doesn't it? Most gifts involve sacrifice of time or money, but this gift, the gift of forgiveness, involves a sacrifice that cannot be measured in either time or money. It involves laying down justifiable anger, justifiable hurt, and even pain to extend grace to the very person who caused the anger, the hurt, or the pain. In many ways, forgiveness is giving of our souls to someone else. Not to another person, but to our God. It's really forgiveness is putting our soul into the hands of our Heavenly Father. I want that to sink in for a minute. It's not giving power to some other person. It's giving power to your God. Then why would we not want to forgive? Think about this. When we forgive, we're doing exactly what Jesus would do. What he did do and what he still does. In fact, hanging on that cross, he stated what was going on. He said, Father, into thine hands I'm commending my spirit. I'm giving you my soul. He did that while this was on his lips. Father, forgive them. See, you're not putting yourself in their hands. You're putting yourself in God's hands. At the time he extended grace to the undeserving men and women around that cross who mocked him, tortured him, and crucified him, the greatest injustice in human history was taking place. The greatest injustice that ever occurred in this world. Listen, if anybody did not deserve what he was receiving, it was the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest injustice in human history happened on that hill called Calvary. And while it was going on, he was saying, forgive them. <laughs> Nobody's been treated worse than that. No, and if he can, <laughs> I said if he can, he gives me power by the Holy Ghost to love like I've never been able to love before. Somebody clap your hands under the Lord. The gift of forgiveness. The gift. And he wasn't forgiving a small thing. He didn't run over my flower bed with his four-wheel drive. No, no, he wasn't forgiving a small thing. He was forgiving the greatest thing. So when we forgive the small relative to what Jesus suffered, the small injustices of life, we extend grace to those who wrong us and our souls to the Lord who forgives. It happens every time I'm putting my soul into his hands. And when we forgive, we are actually giving. We give grace because we have grace. I have it to give because I got it. We sing about it, amazing grace. It saved a wretch like, do you have it? 
You know, if you don't have it, you can't give it. But if you do have it and do not give it. That's a greater injustice, isn't it? To have it and not give it. And I've been given a great grace. And so when we forgive, we are giving what we have. We're saying here, God, I trust you to defend me. I don't have to defend myself. We say because I stand in need of forgiveness, I forgive. That's what we're saying every time we forgive. We ought to be quick to do it. Quick. I ought to have every husband, when I get done with this next statement, give me a rousing amen. I ought to. You ready for it? Here it goes. Wives, this scripture is very important. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Oh, it's all the, it's all the single men I hear, Brother Mac and Brother Paul. They're brave now. I bet, I bet if Janie was sitting back there, he wouldn't have been that brave. Amen, brother. <laughs> Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. There's some things not worth staying angry over. I'm going to sleep on the couch. Well, you need to sell the couch. It's family night. It's family night. I'm your pastor. You're going to spend the night in the basement. Oh, no, sell the basement. Tear the whole house down if you have to. Forgiveness is paramount. It's very important. We don't have time to come to church arguing and carrying on with each other. And <laughs> Uh-oh. Somebody say amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm so glad he's preaching to somebody else tonight. He's been preaching to me all week. There's another gift. There's another gift that we give. And this gift is not to those who wronged us or to God. This one is to ourselves. The gift of forgiveness is not only to the one we forgive and the gift we give to God, but it's to me. The gift I give to myself. When I forgive. It's called peace. Yeah, the man that doesn't forgive is turned to the tormentors. You need to evaluate whether your torment uh, may not be self-inflicted. That you have an unforgiving spirit. That you're holding something that you will not let go. (laughs) Because peace comes when you forgive. See, I give the person something. I give God something. And I give myself peace. I can't tell you how many times I've heard the statement. I will not tell you where I've heard it. (laughs) Maybe it was when I was young. Yeah, let's just say that. And I heard this said, Oh, for just a few minutes of peace. I can't say whether it was about the kids, about the spouse, (laughs) But I heard many times, oh, just for a few minutes of peace and quiet. Would you just give me five minutes? Who doesn't want peace? Our homes value it. Our lives value it. Somebody say amen. The gift's not just to the one that's wrong or the one that wronged me or to God. It's me. It's peace of mind. Is there anything more pitiful than somebody who grows old holding grudges? Nothing more pitiful than that. Anger destroys people. 
Bitterness destroys people. But is there anything more lovely than a forgiving person full of grace and peace? Nothing more beautiful. Just look in the mirror. Are you tormented? It may not be the devil at all. It may not be sin. It may be because you haven't forgiven. Come on, it's gift-giving season. I said it's gift-giving season. Well, clap your hands unto the Lord. Psalms 103, look at this. this. Is there anything more peaceful than this? Look at this. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. But as far as the heaven is, is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. <laughs> Anybody like the sound of that? Yeah. Verse 13. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembers we are dust. That's a wonderful thing. The gift of forgiveness. I not only give it to somebody else, and I not only give something to God, but I'm also giving something back to me. It's peace. Somebody say amen. Well, let's go just a, little, just a step further. You know, sometimes the hardest person to forgive is me. Wow. We feel, uh, we feel disappointed. We feel like we disappointed others. You know, and, and I don't see you're here tonight, but uh, Brandon went through a tragedy uh, just a few months ago, lost his arm. It, it, you do know there's the reality of phantom limb syndrome. Doctors medical field will tell you. Somewhere locked in our brains is a memory. It lingers of maybe limbs that are not even there, a non-existent hand or arm. I, Talk to Brandon about this. And those muscles still remember when that hand was there. Invisible turf. The medical field will tell you that they, they say my toes are cramping and they don't even have feet. Imaginary hands grasp things. They're clenched. Their legs feel so sturdy. The medical field and the doctors will tell you people will actually try to get up out of the bed and fall over not realizing their legs not there. And doctors are helpless. They just, you know, it's something that, that people deal with that go through that kind of tragedy. And in the same way, if we're not careful, we can obsess over the memory of some mistakes we've made. I mean, even if we go as far as Jesus said, hey... You, if you, you want to make it to heaven. You, you don't want to be lost. And in fact, if you if you got to get to the place where you have to cut your hand off. Some of us have had our hand cut off. No, you're not hearing me. There are mistakes you made that are that tragic. You still feel the result of it. Oh my. You still feel the effects of it. There are some people that can't climb over things that they did. and they, you know, Even when they pray, if they're not careful, even the enemy would bring it to their mind or their own mind brings it to their mind. Somebody say amen. And we feel crippled in our relationship with God. We work overtime to try to prove to God that we've really repented. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Some, 
And we've talked about forgiveness and offense, but sometimes we, we need to have a healthy dose of forgiveness and grace in our own lives. First John 3 and 19. Let's look at that. And hereby we know that we are of, we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Look at this. Praise the Lord, Sister Leslie. Everybody ready? Here's how we know we are in the truth or of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. How many would like to have your heart assured before him? For if our heart condemns us, God is what? Greater. God is greater than our heart. That should give you some amount of peace. That if you know God knows your heart, He's greater than all those self-doubts, all those fears. He knows all things. (laughs) He knows why I do things and I don't even know why I do it. He knows my frame. And you know what? He knows Sister Sandy's frame too. He knows why she acts the way she acts. And why I act the why are y'all laughing? It's the truth. Mama's fault. <laughs> Some things that occur, we punish ourselves. We're uncertain about ourselves. We feel a sense of unworthiness. I'm not worthy. I'm, and even leads, listen, to excessive behavior. I think we've got a good example of that tonight. I think that sometimes even kids act out because of the condemnation they've put on themselves. I'm just a big mess up. I'm just a big failure. What's the use? God's greater than our hearts. I thank, I thank God for parents that kept saying, oh no, the Lord loves you. Jesus loves you. I don't care what you've done. Jesus loves you. I'm always going to love you. I may wear you out. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you right now, if my mother was parenting in the 21st century, she'd be in prison. And she's probably going to listen to this podcast. She knows it. She knows it. We laugh about it. But I tell you what, uh, I had a righteous fear of my mother. When I got that look from the organ on the platform and I was down there playing with my friends and I got that look, I knew when we got home, it was, it was, it was trouble. Wasn't going to be no peace at home tonight. Wasn't going to be no forgiveness either. <laughs> Only after she extracted a little pound of flesh. <laughs> I know, it's going to mortify you. It's going to mortify you. But she'd say, okay, go lay down on your, no, pull those blue jeans down. Belt on the back of my legs. I know that freaks you out. Didn't freak me out. No, I still got my sanity tonight. No, I, I still got a godly fear of my mother. I don't know what all this hodgepodge is going on now. And I'm not saying I, I do that to my girls. <laughs> 
I'd get close. I'd threaten them. They'll tell you. We'd be sitting right in the restaurant. I said, okay, I know. You think everybody in here is going to protect you. You're going to act out. I'd look right across the table. I said, I'm going to tell you what. I'm not scared of any of these people in here. And me and you would go to the bathroom. You want to go to the bathroom? No, Dad. Okay. You straighten up. I can't, I can't imagine parents in Walmart and their kids get them in Walmart and they act like they've never, they don't, uh, they're going crazy. They go, oh, shh, be quiet, you're embarrassing me. I, I got knocked in the head with a shopping cart. Wow. I'm just telling you, you're embarrassing me. I, no, you're embarrassing yourself. That's what my mother would have said. You ain't embarrassing me. He left me sitting there. I didn't raise him like that. I don't know whose kid that is. You take him in. <laughs> I'm telling you what. But I know, and as Brother and Sister Kelly, I, uh, when Bill was talking a minute ago, said so y'all did a good job. And, and Brother Kelly said, and the Lord, lots of the Lord. Lots of the Lord. I'm telling you right now, it was my praying mother and my stepdad, lots of the Lord. But me knowing if my mom said, you're going to get it when you get home, I, you know what? I'm one of these guys. I don't need a bunch of people around me to have happy times. I can be happy by myself. People say, oh, let's all go camping together. It's fine. That's great. Have a bunch of people. I'm just as happy in the woods by myself as I am with all of you folks. I know that shocks you. But I'm okay with that. You understand that, Shayla? I'm okay with that. I want to tell you something. If my mother would have said to me, okay, you did that, so you're going to get an hour of time out. Man, that's heaven. I'd have been in time out all my life. I'd have pulled the light fixtures out just to get in time out. Oh, I know where I'm going. I'm going to time out. Good. My sister will leave me alone. Man, how did I get off on this? Some of these young people need it. They know how blessed you are. We're talking about forgiving ourselves. I'll tell you the worst feeling in the world. It wasn't that belt across the back of my bare legs. <laughs> I want to tell you something too. I wasn't just marked for 30 minutes. <laughs> I went to high school... Where if you were, the principal would walk up and down the hall. You remember those bike shorts? They were called bike shorts. They were kind of polyester, you know, stretch around the top. And the coaches all had them. The principal's walking down with his big, tall, white tube socks and his Converse canvas tennis shoes. And he had a big old paddle and he'd hit his, he'd hit his calf with it. Pow! He'd walk down the hall, pow, pow, hitting his, his calf with this. Paddle, and if you got sent out into the hallway, I see people fanning tonight. Is it getting warm in here? I don't like the old timers preaching, do you? Teacher, send you out in the hallway. If you happen to be standing in the hallway, the principal knew why you were there. You were going to meet Mr. Paddle. And I'm telling you, three swats. I got swatted one occasion. You know why it was once? Because I didn't want that to ever happen again. Because when I went back in that room, I couldn't sit down.
Now, I'm not sure what else puts godly fear in people. <laughs> but I'm scared of the principle. I, uh, anybody hearing what I'm saying? Okay, anyway. And uh, anybody that's 50 and older is retarded because of everything they went through. And now this newfangled parenting and letting kids throw a fit in the classroom. And Look at where we've come to. A lot of itself, we feel worthless. I can't tell you the, the grief and the anger in my own heart because I was the reason some of the stuff had transpired. In my little brain, if I'd have been a better son, my family would be different. You got to forgive yourself. You have to. It's crazy for me to sit down with some of your kids and say, and they weep and cry and say, I, I made an error and I, I'm sorry, Pastor. And I say to them, don't ever think another thing about it. It's forgiven. The Lord's put it away. Let's go forward. And then me for years beat myself up. Anybody hearing me? Because we think for some reason that if we act a certain way, God will eventually forgive us. But I'm telling you, He forgives us when we ask. Anybody thankful for that? He said, I'll throw your sins as far as the east is from the west. So let's lift our hands and thank you for that. Right now, I hurry. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's talk about this gift in reference to something very important, this gift of forgiveness. Let's talk about it in reference to revenge. We are to be so far removed from avenging ourselves that we willingly risk being taken advantage of again. Vengeance is mine. I'm going to get them back. You're taking something that's God's. You don't have a score to settle. God's going to settle the account. You don't, you don't have anything to get back at some. Romans 12, 17. Look at this. Recompense to no man evil for evil. You just perpetuate evil. You, you just, I wish I'd have put it up here. If I'd have thought before, right now, <laughs> I'd have put evil up here and squared it. You've just doubled evil is all you've done. You don't stamp out evil by recompensing evil for evil. No, you just double it. You just made it twice as bad. Don't recompense any man. Provide things honest in the sight of all men if it be possible. <laughs> there you go. I like those words. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Notice, if it's how many's ever found it? almost impossible to be at peace with somebody you like if it be possible but, but don't forget the next phrase as much as lieth in you it's not about what they're doing <laughs> they're not the impossibility as much as possible as much as lieth in you examine your heart live peaceably with all men dearly beloved avenge not yourself but rather give place unto wrath, anger, 
anger, for it is written, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Matthew 5, 38. Here's the gray area. You have heard it been, hath said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. <laughs> but I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other one also. And if any man will sue you at the law and take your coat, <laughs> let him let him have your cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go one mile, what do you do? When you get done with one mile, what do you do? You say, bless God, that's all I have to do. And you're a rotten scoundrel. And I've done what I'm supposed to do. You just hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. No. If they compel you to go a mile, what do you do? When you get done with one mile, you say, sir, would you please let me go another mile with you? <laughs> Give to him that asketh thee. And from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. I want to stop right there because some people think that that verse only says follow holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. But it says follow peace and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby, thereby many I don't have to, many be defiled. I don't have the time to, to describe to you what bitterness does, not just to you, but to many people. You are given a gift to this church when you forgive somebody. You are given a gift to your family when you forgive somebody. You're, give, you're giving a gift to this community when you forgive somebody because if bitterness gets a hold of you, it will defile many. Everybody Okay. Should I tell you about a potential king? He would have been king, but he was defiled. King in the Old Testament. Surprisingly, it's not David. It's not David. No, his name was Absalom. And you know why Absalom never became king and died a tragic death? You know why? The Bible tells you Absalom had a friend. I heard Jerry Jones preach that years ago, and I never forgot it. Absalom had a no Amnon had a friend wrong message thank you Lord and Alicia you heard that message too Shayla what well let's take a vote <laughs> Absalom Absalom the Bible hang on I'm preaching about Absalom Amnon is a side road that I just about went on <laughs> I'm focusing on Absalom you guys study Abnon when you get done here. <laughs> but Absalom got bitter at his dad. You know why? It's tragic. The Bible tells you, read the story. Somebody raped his sister. Is that injustice? Should that be set right? Oh, absolutely. But Absalom got bitter over it. It killed him. It killed him. And his dad, David, wept over him. It's horrible. If we're not careful, we become experts on everybody else's errors.
forgiveness, the gift of it. Ephesians 4, 31. Sorry, I quit pointing. I'm sorry. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Thank the Lord. I got a gift I can give everybody. I can give the Lord and I can give myself this year. It's forgiveness. Jesus likened the condition of our hearts to that of soil. Soil. Everybody say soil. We're admonished to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. You do realize that soil will produce only what's in it. A farmer gets beans. Brother Ronnie uh, harvested beans or corn. He didn't just all of a sudden say, well, look here. Here's 100 acres of corn. I wonder where that come from. No. You get what you put in it. And sin put thistles and thorns in it. You don't do anything and thorns and thistles come up. But if you want something productive, you got to put something in it. <laughs> and if you want your heart to be full of love, you got to put the love of God in it. you got to make sure you stay close to God. <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, let's stand together and love the Lord right now. I praise you, God, for your goodness. Come on, lift your hands right now and say, Lord, help me this year, in this, even in this time of the season, God, as, as we have, have, have come to know, God, how precious you've been to us, how wonderful your grace is to us. I pray, Lord, that we would be overflowing with that same grace and that same mercy. Lord, don't ever let us get anything in our crawl that sticks the rest of our life. Let us be quick to forgive, Lord. Let us to be quick to uh, forgive, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you, Lord, for this people, God. I thank you, Lord, for the power of your grace. We don't want bitterness to destroy anything or anybody. And I praise you, God. Amen. Reach over to somebody right now. Let's pray as a body of believers. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I can give my brother a gift tonight. I can give my sister a gift tonight. I can give myself a gift tonight. Give us peace tonight, God. Give us peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Come on, for they shall be called the children of God. You want to be a child of God? Make peace. God wants to give you peace. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, don't let us be turned over to the tormentors. Don't let us live to be angry old men and women holding grudges angry about something that happened 40 years ago help me to walk off and leave it God help me Lord to give the gift of forgiveness Lord it brings me peace when I do (laughs) hallelujah 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 it brings me peace when I do (laughs) oh let's give the Lord praise right now Jesus we praise you Lord I thank you for it God I thank you for it, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you can't go back and change those things that happened, whether they still hold on to you or not. Somebody say amen. I can let the power of it get a hold of my mind and my heart, and I can carry it with me the rest of my days, or I can lay it down. Bible tells us what to do if we've offended somebody. It tells us what to do if somebody's offended us. 
It's very simple. It's not complicated. The Lord wants us to live at peace and to have peace. Somebody say amen. And I'm thankful for his peace in my life. Amen. Somebody say amen. Be mindful next week. If I say next week. Next Wednesday, we're not having church in here. We are having a work night for our Christmas dinner and play. And that'll be from 6 to 7. There's a number of things we're going to be a doing be a doing during that time. So uh, you come and bring your work gloves or your uh, megaphone, whatever, if you want to be a, if you want to make the rules. If you're a firstborn, you bring a megaphone. If you're a secondborn, bring a shovel and some gloves and some earplugs. And if you're a, if you're the last child, just come and sit around and watch everybody work. Amen. You just choose which one you want to be next week. Amen. Isn't the Lord good?